Welcome to the Cooking for Chemo podcast. I'm Chef Ryan Callahan, your host. And I'm the producer, Jesse Callahan. And the purpose of this podcast is to tackle the eating-related side effects of chemotherapy, and we will also discuss the practical real-world solutions to make your food taste great again. That's the goal, right? It's always the goal is, <laughs> who wants to see bad-tasting food? Come on. Some people do. <laughs> They're weird, though. Yeah, sure. <laughs> In this episode, we're going to talk about how your sense of sight can make you hungry or ruin your appetite. Nobody likes a ruined appetite. No, and that's really the uh, opposite of what we are trying to do at Cooking for Chemo. Trying to make people hungry, not, you know, turned off by food. Right. I don't want you to look at food and go, oh, that's gross, right? I want to look at food and go, ooh, baby, I'm going <laughs> to eat that. Get in my belly. Hey, mama, how you doing? <laughs> That's a tasty looking cheeseburger over there. Okay, so uh, I guess I should get serious for a second here. That's a really difficult thing to do. So uh, we're talking about our sense of sight and we're focusing on that today. Yes. And um, so really what we want to talk about when we think about your sense of sight, we talked about your sense of smell, your sense of uh, taste and how, you know, your sense of taste, you, you touch it. It requires contact, right? For the five flavors to experience. And we talked about your sense of smell and how your sense of smell is your first sense that we talk about from a distance. It creates those trillions of unique scents. Um, and it really gives us this breadth of flavor and experience. Well, you know, as much as we like our sense of smell, as much as I, I promote the sense of smell and how it's really everybody's superpower, humans are unbelievably visual. Almost every decision that we make is a visual decision. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but really what we're gonna start with is how sight can build or diminish appetite from a distance. And so, you know, this is a podcast, so I don't have to ask you guys to close your eyes and, you know, not look at my ex the expressions on my face, but, you know, we always do this exercise in my classes and, and what I always say is, you know, let's think of the most boring, bland food you can think of. And for me, the most boring, bland food is always oatmeal. Why? It's so bland and boring. And and it's not that it's the flavor. And I'm not picking on people who don't who like it or people who don't like it. I'm not. I'm people not, get mad when you pick on do, their oatmeal and you're in the classes because oh they gosh. don't understand. <laughs> people love it. I mean, people who love oatmeal love oatmeal. But they love the taste of it. They love the smell of it. Exactly. And you're talking about the sight, sight of, of it. it. And if you look at oatmeal, oatmeal is unbelievably boring. It's, it's not. So it's not ugly. white like rice is. <laughs> It's not brown like gravy is. It's it's this off-white kind of beige-ish color. It's like the color of slacks, you know, like that you put on your wall, right? Or like it's khaki <laughs> pants. Nobody looks at khaki pants and says, "Let's go, let's go get some dinner," you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's really your that's really where your sense of sight comes into play, right? We look at this this boring, bland oatmeal and we go, "Oh, well, this is the color of khaki pants," right? But all of a sudden, if we start adding things to it to make it more interesting, like blueberries, right? Or banana slices or fresh strawberries or some mm. mixed berries, right? Or even brown sugar or maple syrup, something with some interesting color, right? Right. These interesting colors come into play and you can even visualize it as I'm talking. You're seeing me put these in, in your head. I totally do. Well, of course you do. <laughs> I'm sitting here, I'm like, ooh, strawberries. And all of a sudden these pops of color start making us interested. And this is really where the sense of sight comes in, right? Let's use... Uh, McDonald's as an example, another example, okay? So every McDonald's has this digital signage now. And I, first oh, off, I love it. I love digital signage. So we'll, we'll go it. to McDonald's in the morning and I will have had three cups of coffee already. And I'll be sitting in the drive-thru line and there is on their moving digital signboard a slowly pouring, decadently, sumptuous, cascading waterfall of black <sighs> coffee 
falling into this <laughs> cup. And I don't know what the coffee tastes like. I don't know what it smells like. But all of a sudden, because my eyes give me this data and I can make decisions based on what things look like, I assume that I'm going to like this coffee. And I think, yeah, I could I could go for some coffee. Or if I'm looking at the breakfast menu, right? And they, they do this video where they crack an egg and it falls slowly in this like super high def slow motion fall. And it hits the, hits the griddle and it starts sizzling. I could be there for a spicy McChicken sandwich, but then I'm thinking to myself, hey, you know, some eggs sound good too, right? <laughs> right. Because I see this, and because humans are visual and we make our decisions visually, right? Humans humans are, you know, we're predatory animals. We go out and we hunt. We make this decision visually. We see things and we, we learn through association and our memories, and, and we see the data come into our eyes, and all of a sudden we're starting to make these decisions, right? We see the egg. We have a taste of the egg. It could be a horrible egg. The egg could be bad for all I know, right? You're right, because I'm I'm like I'm picturing us going through the drive-thru at McDonald's and seeing the coffee and the egg on on the billboard, and I'm I'm already imagining what it smells like and what it tastes like, even though I can't taste it or smell it. Exactly. But the visual is so stunning right. that I'm imagining this and now I'm wanting it. It's making me hungry for that specific item. Right. So it's or very you go, interesting. You know, they don't uh, give you a brief description of a movie. You know, they don't give you like a little blurb. No, they show you 30 seconds of the movie. You know, of the advertisement. Well, they, they show do, you don't they? the most interesting 30 seconds of the entire movie. You can tell the movie is going to be good or bad based on the interestingness of the 30 second trailer. You really can. You don't need to see a 60 second You're right. Trailer. I never thought of that. I don't read a movie description. I want to watch a movie trailer. Yeah, they're like, you know, yeah. it's Harrison Ford and he explores the galaxy. Okay, well, all of a sudden you see Harrison Ford with a laser blaster flying in this thing, or he's Indiana Jones and he's got the whip and like, he's. Wow, I want to see. And it looks exciting. And you don't know if the movie's any good. The dialogue could be terrible. The plot could be awful. <laughs> it could be the stupidest thing. You know, it could be Mars Attacks. Not picking on Mars Attacks. I love that movie. But it's a goofy movie. It's a terribly awesome movie. It's written to be a bad movie. You know, that's the idea. It's supposed to intentionally be a bad movie, right? But that's kind of how our sense of sight works, is our sense of sight can take small snippets of data, little packets, and help us make decisions. Humans' brains, what we do is we pigeonhole this information. And what that means is we take a smaller amount of information to recall a larger amount of information. So nobody remembers, you know, every part of Albert Einstein's theory of relativity. Everyone remembers E equals MC squared. But what does that actually mean to anybody, right? It doesn't mean anything because you just remember E equals MC squared, except for the fact that E equals MC squared means energy equals mass at the constant, which is the speed of light squared. Yeah, I didn't know that. See? <laughs> Nobody knows that. But that's... I'm not a science person, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish I was, but... But this is this pigeonholing that I'm talking about. So we take this small amount of information and we make larger decisions based on it, okay? So this is where we get into this idea of bold and bland colors. So okay. how do we use this information to build an appetite, right? Because that's what it's all about. Right. So we talked about oatmeal, and we talked about how you've got these big, bold colors, this reds, the blues, the greens, the yellows, so on and so forth. All of a sudden, they're exciting, right? Look at fast food signage. Fast food signage is all yellow and red, in predominantly, right? It's got some form of yellow, some form of red, some variation on it. Yeah, and it's kind of flashy. It's always flashy, yeah. right? It's this belief that in branding, that yellow and red tend to be the colors that your brain subconsciously associates with food. And then, of course, we also have green. Green is another color. Your brain sees green in a food context and associates it immediately with fresh and healthy. 
right? This is why in Cooking for Chemo, I wear a green jacket. The green jacket tells you, I'm fresh, I'm fun, I'm exciting, you know? There's nothing weird going on here, right? This is good stuff, right? It's healthy, good things that I'm doing. You know, if I wore uh, a yellow jacket, you might associate me with a french fry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> would you actually look like a french fry, yes? I yes, actually think I would. I think I'd look like a gigantic <laughs> french fry, especially since I've cut my hair now. Um, <laughs> But we take these bold flavors, and these bold colors, versus these bland colors, right? So our whole idea with cooking for chemo is that we're supposed to be building an appetite from a distance. So in the cooking demonstration, we'd say, you'd smell the, the smells coming off the cooking food. And then you'd come downstairs or come into the kitchen and you'd be reinforced with these interesting colors or attractive looking plating presentation. When we were in culinary school, they used to say, the cost of a steak is not the food cost of the steak and the preparation, it is the presentation of the steak. You know, uh, one restaurant can charge $100 for the same steak that another place charges $20 for because they present it better, you know, like in the late, 90s, early 2000s, everyone was stacking things vertically. It's like the, the leaning tower of steak, mashed potatoes, and scallions and asparagus, you know? Like, I don't know who thought this was a good idea, but people liked it, right? So. Well, then it's also the plates, it's the atmosphere. Exactly. It's, it's more, it's, it's the more presentation. Visual. It's yeah. just, it, you're not paying, I always say you're not paying for the food, you're paying for the environment, right? So you're paying for the atmosphere. So that's where this really comes in with food and cooking for chemo, is we really are talking about the reality that you make decisions visually, right? If human beings didn't have a sense of sight, we didn't have eyes, we wouldn't care what things looked like, right? We wouldn't have, you know, bless her heart, I love her to death, Joanna Gaines, right? She's redecorating your house and fun, rustic, urban, industrial, but at the same time, farmy. And then all the girls are like, it's so beautiful. And, and then we all wanna live there and we all look at our house and we're like, it does not look like Joe Gaines was here. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like JoJo was here, right? But this is this sense of sight that we talk about. You don't know that these houses are comfortable to live in. You don't know that having an open concept is better than a closed concept, right? Like, there's a lot of conditions where our kitchen would be a lot better served to be closed, especially when I'm in there burning food and cursing, right? <laughs> Nobody needs to hear that. But if it's open, you know that I'm burning food and cursing, right? And that's that. So that could reduce the, uh, in that situation, the pleasantness of the environment. But all of a sudden, you know, we like open lightness and open air. We want to be able to see from the kitchen all the way to what the kids are watching on TV, right? So these are these ideas that the sense of sight, right? Well, the same thing goes to everything we do, right? When you buy jeans, you don't say, do these fit well? You say, how does my butt look in these jeans? Does it look good? They make me look fat. They make I don't me want to buy these. Fat. Exactly. Yeah. I don't really like the way it sits in my hip. It makes me look too round. And these are the kind of decisions that we make with our, with our sense of sight because we want to look and appear attractive. I could go on and on and on, but I'll just summarize a couple of things that you wouldn't have as mole people. Statues, paintings. <laughs> mole people? <laughs> colors on the wall, right? You wouldn't have printed advertising, written language, patterns, wallpaper. Everything as a mole person would be a texture. Shiny things. Right. Like you people would, are like, ooh, shiny things. Right. You are ADHD, right? Yeah. So you would have, Gold if, and if you couldn't see, the way that you'd be stimulated is the walls would be an interesting texture, or they'd be an interesting smell, right? Or they'd make an interesting sound. There'd be some kind of other stimulation that you'd have, but humans are unbelievably visual. And so because we make these visual decisions and apply this information from a distance onto everything, whether it's a Ferrari or a pair of skinny jeans, right? 
these are the things that we need to think about when we cook. So what we want to do is we want to think like, for example, when we go to a steak restaurant, right? They don't give you a steak that's burned black on each side, right? They right. give you this. No one would want to eat. They'd be like, ew, no, take this back. Take this back. This is burned. It yeah. looks burned, even though it could taste amazing, right? For example, like boiled chicken is an example I always use. Yes, it's gross. Ugh. Yes, it's disgusting. And it even looks gross. It's it even does like this, look gross. I'm picturing it now. I'm like, ew. It's this pale white color. But really, it's cooked to the same temperature that a grilled piece of chicken is. Except the difference is the grilled chicken has a variation in color. It's got the Maillard reaction on it. It's got some charring. This interesting variation in coloring build your appetite from a distance because you see, for example, on the grilled chicken or the grilled steak, you go to this expensive steak restaurant and it's got these beautiful hash marks, right? These grill marks on the actual steak itself. And that says quality to your brain because you've learned over time to associate and pigeonhole the idea of grill marks, meaning quality, right? So they're both cooked pieces of meat. They're both presented to you, but one of the differences is an actual quality difference, which is like the quality of the preparation method or the flavor. And the other one is a visual presentation method. So your sense of sight really is important when you eat, right? And now when you guys go to restaurants or you go out and you're looking at things, or you drive through McDonald's, you'll be like, oh, they're brainwashing me. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some things that people that are going through chemo can take into consideration and think about sure. or their caregivers when right. they're presenting the food to themselves or to the, their family or a loved one. So, the advice, so what are some things they can do? So the advice I always give is make things interesting, right? So whether that is- Visually. Visually, make them visually interesting. So you want it to smell good, but you also want it to look good, right? Yeah. Um, for example, you know that cheesy grits that I make, it, it looks really not interesting. But if you put a little bit of something on it, like some shrimp on top, because oh, it's we put some color, keys in it the other day, and it was because of bright green, it right. was so good. And a little bit of mushrooms, yeah. right? And all of a sudden, you've got this really interesting thing. Um, and so, what we want to do is we want to add things to our dishes. Like, for example, if we're making chicken and dumplings, right? You got the cream sauce, you got the chicken, you got the dumplings. They're not super yeah, interesting. Of, uh... But if we add red onions instead of white onions, you've got this pop of purple. If you're you, if you add peas to it, you've got this pop. If you use big baby carrots, you've got this big pop of orange into it, right? And you've got these big pieces of celery as well, or even small pieces of celery. Now you've got purple, orange, green and every other color that you could possibly imagine. You're right, it makes it exciting now because I'm like exciting. picturing it as you're talking picture, about it. Yeah. Picture a caprese salad. You've got the bright red tomatoes, the bright green basil, and the white. If everything was just white, it'd be uninteresting. If everything was just red, it'd be un uninteresting. If everything was just green, it's uninteresting. But our brains see this variety and we get really excited about it just by simply by nature, and that's just how we are. So if you add this, so the easiest way is by adding fruits and veggies to all of our food and everyone in the world cheers because you're eating more fruits and veggies, right? Because they're good for you. Well, we want to make sure they're cooked. That's the first thing there because it's easier to digest, kills any bacteria on there. But also those colors get more intense when foods are cooked as well. So whenever we're cooking food, we want to think, how can I add more fruits, veggies, other colors to it? So if you're making potatoes, for example, like mashed potatoes, Consider using red potatoes and leaving the skin on. All of a sudden you've got these big flecks of purple. Or if you're using yellow potatoes, leave the skin on, right? And even with russet potatoes, leave not all the skin on, but just a little bit for that flecks of dark brown in there. Because it creates a more interesting visual presentation. Depth, yeah. And it gives it the depth. Exactly. Yeah. And so that would be my advice on your how to apply that as well as the entirety of basically your sense of sight when it comes into cooking and eating. 
Okay, well, um, let's jump into our email then. We got an email from Vicky, and she has a question, and just you kind of touched on it, um, but I want you to go a little bit more in depth. Sure. So she asks, how do I how do I work in more fresh veggies in my meals when I can't eat them during treatment without getting sick? Okay, so. It's kind of a vague question because sick could mean a lot of different things. It could mean nauseous, it could mean diarrhea, it could mean a lot of different things, right? Or dizzy or whatever. Let's right? just say it's any of those. It's any of those. So yeah. so the number one thing here is that on chemo, especially if you are like in really intense chemo, and of course you want to talk to your oncologist and you want to talk to your dietitian about this before you go any further on any of this, this kind of advice. But what I would do is I'd cook everything because... There's wild yeast, wild bacterias, and all these other things. And what chemotherapy does is very often, in, a most, in most chemotherapies, you have a suppressed immune system effect. Right. And what happens is you get these wild yeast, these wild bacteria that your body can't necessarily handle at that point in time, and it can cause you to be nauseous or it can cause you to, uh, you know, get diarrhea or any of those other not nice things. But by cooking those things, it'll kill all of those off and cooking actually makes it easier for your body to digest food and extract nutrients from the food. And that's the whole reason we cook food. Well, and you'll still get the bright colors Correct. in the cooked veggies. Like cooked carrots, they're still orange. Mm -hmm. uh, cooked peas, they're still green. They're, and they're actually more intense in color, actually. Cooked peas, until you overcook them, <laughs> are actually a brighter, Don't overcook more peas. intense green. And carrots, when they are properly cooked, are a almost fluorescent colored orange, unless you get purple carrots. Um, but when they're cooked properly, the orange carrots are a much more intense orange. And when they're overcooked, they start turning a brown orange. So <laughs> start dulling. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you learned that from experience in cooking school. Yes, you know, it's, uh, I always say that failure is the foundation of all learning. <laughs> you have to learn how, I always have to learn how not to do it so that I can learn how to do it. That's some good so. advice. Well, that's all for this episode of the Cooking for Chemo podcast. Remember, you can get all of this information and more on our website, cookingforchemo.org, along with our award-winning, gourmand award-winning cookbook, Cooking for Chemo and After. I'm Jesse Callahan. And I'm Chef Ryan Callahan. Thanks for listening.